Welcome to this week's edition of the Retail Risk Podcast, sponsored by Alltag. And thanks, as always, to our supporting partners, 3X Logic, Aura, Lodge and Intrepid. Now, my guest this week is Jasper Frost. Jasper is the director of Alpha Intelligence Group. Now, when you look online at people's CVs and their experiences, sometimes uh, you get a long uh, and impressive uh, array of expertise. And my goodness me, Jasper fills that bill completely an executive advisor trainer and keynote speaker in the nordic region emirates and asia in the field of elicitation business intelligence and advanced tactical behavioral analysis including non-verbal communication statement analysis micro expression and the list goes on and on and on now he's trained educated and cooperated with those who teach some of the highest government and intelligence services as well as law enforcement and security authorities in the u.s a renowned advisor and expert educator who assists corporates, organizations, and law enforcement to make sure that when the stakes are high, they have the right tools. Now, Jasper, welcome. My goodness me, you have been a very, very busy man. Yes, indeed. Thank you. And thank you so much, Paul, for having me here. But yeah, you're right. Been uh, quite busy the last couple of years. Yeah, it's, it's uh, I have to say, you know, I always uh, pop online, have a look at LinkedIn, Google people uh, <laughs> before they come on as guests. And uh, you have one of the most uh, impressive resumes uh, I've seen, and we'll get onto that in a moment. But I am absolutely fascinated. When young Jasper was growing up, and you can tell us where you grew up, what on earth did you dream of? What took you down that route? Well, um, I like your question, Paul. Um, the, the thing is that I, I think as most young men, uh, I wanted to become a police officer. I wanted to make a difference in the world in some way. Uh, so that, that was my big dream until I was about 18, 19 years old. And, and, and so it, it sort of went, so there you were, you know, dreaming of being a police officer and then, you know, to where we are now. So for those that don't know you or at least your background, give me a run through. So was it an application to the police or did you go off in a different direction? Come on. I, I'm, I'm absolutely intrigued, and then I want you to talk me through these these points to today. Well, well I, 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 my parents were politicians, very engaged in politics in Denmark, and so I've always been kind of part of, of understanding the society and people who they are, being interested in people. Um, so I wanted to to do a difference in a way. So I wanted to become a police officer, and then uh, I realized that I was about 18, 19 years old. I wanted to become a coach then because then maybe I could help people in a better way. Uh, unfortunately for me, I start thinking as well, who on earth would take life coaching advice from a young man at 18 years old? So in fact, I, I went back to the police dream uh, up to my mid twenties and, and I did apply for, for the police, but they just changed that time. Um, the, the application um, for, for the, the police department and made it a bit more difficult to get in. So I, I dropped the idea and went, in fact, into retail. And I worked for, for retail for, for many years, both as a shop manager in, in the luxury clothing department, as well as a Nordic sales director, oh, sorry, sales manager for, um, for the Nordics for a fashion brand. Um, so, and then afterwards, I, I, I kind of, went back to the roots. I, I lost both my parents within a short period of time. Um, and kind of after that, really was doing some soul searching, finding out what is my real passion? What is my passion about? And, and through the retail, I learned and became more interested in why people do what they do, how to create 
chemistry? How do we understand the customer? How do we analyze the customer better? So I kind of went back to the roots of that and going into understand why do people do what they do and started to travel the world and, and be mentored and learn from the best of the best within the in the business of behavioral analysis uh, and, and all that kind. Uh, so I, I spent a great deal of my pocket money and my savings to do travel around the world to kind of get education that no one has and, and, and get this because what most people don't understand, uh, which I also going to talk about later on is, is that people think that it, like body language, that if you're only an expert in body language, you know everything. Body language is only a part of, of the big picture. Uh, if we look into behavioral analysis or emotional intelligence, that is just one part. You need to understand how people behave and how to get information, analyze facial expressions, and everything is kind of cross over each other. And, and that's the, you can call it like social engineering, that's a mix of everything. And, and I realized that, and that's why I went to all the different people around the globe to, to really around the world to understand what is, teach me this, because I, I want to become the master of, of everything. And then, yeah. I, I like that, the, the, the master of everything. That, that is, you know, if you're going to have a starting point uh, and aim high, that's got to be the mantra, isn't it? I want to be the yeah. master of everything. If you're shooting for that, you know, even if you don't quite reach it, you're going to be, uh, you know, you're going to be fairly close and, uh, and, and have learned a lot along the way. Well, I think it's, it's very important to say that, that understanding human behavior and, and become the master of communication, the master of, of like everything, within this in the behavioral environment and understanding people is that basically it's the most um, complicated and interesting personal development course you will ever take because everything starts with yourself. To understand others, you need to start understanding yourself and your behavior. So basically it's a never ending develop human personal development training course that I'm on. Yeah, I think uh, for some of us that might be quite terrifying thought to try and understand why we do certain things but uh yeah i guess that guess that makes sense it's possibly for those that know know him i almost get visions of being sort of in a loop on a permanent tony robbins <laughs> course or something like that where you're constantly being analyzed but on a whole different level so look alpha intelligence group is where uh, we find you now talk to me about the business what does it do who does it do it for now you've now you've you've collected all of this expertise well, I mean, again, it, our, our company, Alpha Intelligence Group, is a, a, a two-legged consulting consulting company. So we we have one part uh, which which we main focus is um, counterintelligence and espionage. How do you, you fight espionage in your corporate uh, in, in a corporate way or in, in more in a government way? Um, and then we have the other part of the company, which is more like commercial training courses for retail, for law enforcement, real, real estate retailers, um, to pro how they can proactively analyze people's behavior uh, accordingly to see what are their intent is. Do they have good intents or bad intents? And how do we proactively become aware of behavior that is signs of, of this bad intent? And as well, how can we create better environments? How can we understand our employees better? How can we create better um, customer service as well? So that's, that's kind of the two-legged business we have at the moment. And we consult all different parts. And, and the interesting thing is that it's the same principles. Either if you want to see if someone's doing espionage in your company and you want to find that, or if you want to 
see if someone has bad intent in your shop is trying to do uh, crime or steal something. It's the same behavior patterns and it's the same tools. We need to access that information. So we have a yeah, very fortunate, a great retailer brand and end user audience that will be with us today. So what do you think they need to know? Are you Do you get the phone call when it all goes wrong and they go, come and untangle this? Or do you think they need to be calling you ahead of time? You know, what what do they need to know? When when should they be making contact? I think they should be making contact way a time way earlier than when something has happened. I think in the today's environment, people are relying on technology, more and more technology, uh, facial expression recognizing machines, technology video cameras. What they fail to see often, very often, is the human interaction part. That technology can only tell you so much, but it's the fact being analyzing behavior, understand the context, and be proactively in a way to assess people to predict behavior. And you can only do that by having human to human interaction and understanding the human to human interaction uh, behavior and assess that kind of behavior. So they call us and they should call us to get training in this kind of these, these um, elements in this training to be pro more proactively to increase their situational awareness, to increase their, their environment awareness, to understand why people do what they do in order to act proactively rather than reactively. So what we see here, most often we see something that force us to be reactive. So when something happened, we are forced to be reactive on that thing, on the situation where our training provides them being proactively. So they suddenly see something and proactively they can choose to do something about it. So that's, that's why they call us. That's why they should be aware, understanding that they can get all the technology they want, but the technology doesn't, doesn't tell you what the person feeling, what the person is is their intent or what they might trying to do or going to do. So you can only get that information either by analyzing behavior or illicit information. So getting sensitive information, critical information without asking questions, but you need to have that in a social and uh, personal interaction and that people and most companies, they fail to see that. And, and I'm intrigued in terms of that level of information. Do you see that uh, of value to all members of staff across an organization or is it something that you'd go in at a senior level and give an overview on which they would then base their strategy or hiring principles on where where where, where is it applicable can it you know how far and wide can this be used within an organization well you can use it a from 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 top to the bottom or you could say when you it's, it's it's a crossover so you you can have directors or leader ceos who can use this information on a strategic basis when they do business meetings or business meeting with partners or strategic partners. They can use it to analyze their staff to get information from them, as well as understanding their emotional state and how they can be proactively behaving towards that person. If you can use it for the, the managers, mid-level managers to understand why people do what they do in order to to um, kind of assess themselves and assess other people as well. And then you have it on, like, you can use it for the, the media managers, the HR personnel as well, to hire people. How can we get illicit information from people without asking questions in order to don't make wrong uh, mistakes by recruiting wrong people? We can do it for the sales staff to either uh, increase customer service or to assess if something is not wrong, that could be a person with bad intent. It could be 
person custom coming with a claim which is not correct as well how can they assess that how can they elicit information without asking any questions doing a formal conversation that they and with the without the customer being aware of what's going on and at the same time getting this information in order for them to act proactively to make decisions based on a broader information load than, than you normally would i mean i could just you know one of the main concerns that we hear over and over again is that uh, you know the challenge of getting the right people into the business in the first place uh, i'm sitting here thinking you know from a, a hr perspective if i've got an awareness uh, and an understanding of some of the little, uh, you know, micro movements and, uh, and nuances that are coming back across. Maybe, you know, we could even fine tune our hiring process, which I guess then puts you on the front foot within an organization. So if you've got less to worry about internally, you can start to look internally because the internal issue for many retailers is bigger than the external one anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so we, we kind of have to have a two ways. So either I like, I like what you're saying about recruiting. So we're doing a, a great deal of training for HR personnel because there are so many people who are as well, as you say, uh, hire the wrong people because they they act and they don't see the the signs of deception, for example. So so what you're saying as well, that that everything goes on in ourselves. So if I'm in a good emotional state, which is congruent and aligned, of my mental state, then my baseline or my normal behavior will be congruent and, and I will be trustworthy. And then we have what we call a deceptive or not trustworthy behavior that could be incongruent behavior. That is when there's inconsistency between what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling. And that's often how we can assess people to say, is there someone who is is feeling uncomfortable in a situation, in an environment where we expect him to feel comfortable. So, because people will always um, be go towards being feeling psychological comfort. So they always feel safe. So is there something going on that, that will have the cognition and the emotions working against each other? So either I'm thinking about what I'm feeling or I'm feeling about what I'm thinking. And that's, that create leakage in behavior. And, and you see that from when you're doing a recruitment situation, you see it in, supermarket for retailers people go in there so that you see it all over and you need if you're able to understand those signs that's one only one part of it because then you can analyze behavior you can analyze seeing there's something something wrong that i need to be proactive about to assess them uh, on the other hand when you got that information because body language what most people believe is that body language or non-verbal behavior is is universal that we can use that this means this and this means that no body language nonverbal behavior is not universal and and that means that as well and you need another layer so and the total body language is not going to tell you if someone is lying or being deceptive it can say there's inconsistencies in behaviors but we don't know why and we want to know why and that's why we're adding the extra layers so we're adding strategic questioning so asking different kind of questions that is entitled for us withholding in that is uh, including information, narrative information. So that's an answer with specific information given back to us. Or we elicit in the information, which means that instead of asking questions, we, we make some statements, strategic statements that they, so they give us information, but we don't ask them. So we don't activate the way they're thinking. So the difference between questioning and eliciting is when we ask questions, Every time you mention the word questions or you ask a question, 
that you start off as part of the brain that's in an inner dialogue saying, why, why does Paul ask me this question? Why, who else would get the question, uh, get to know the question, who'd get my answer? And, and we can start being deceptive. So I can start thinking, what's in it for me if I ask either this or that? By eliciting, we don't activate that part in the brain when, when we ask a question. So we don't activate that power. We instead make the, the brain thinking more rational because it doesn't activate the inner dialogue. So on this, a scientific basis, that when we look at every time you mention the word question, like I have a question for you, or that, or I want to ask you so many questions, already then is starting getting defensive, we start having these inner dialogue. But at, at the time where I instead, if I use elicit the information, elicitation techniques, then I don't activate that part and you will answer more freely, still in a casual conversation, and you will not notice what is going on because I didn't activate your inner dialogue. So that, that's, we need to add that layers and then we can add more layers to see, to verify, okay, is there something in this dialogue which create that you feel maybe uncomfortable in the situation? Maybe my question made you feel uncomfortable. Well, then that the behavior is congruent, that is okay. But it's sometimes if the story doesn't make sense or there's something doesn't add up, we can use that behavior to be proactively asking these questions, see if there's something we need to, to probe even more. I, tell, I absolutely love listening to you. So I'm fascinated, absolutely fascinated by this. And, you know, I've been in retail way too long. And uh, and I can just, you know, for everything from your know, corporate environment through to uh, trying to figure out how to navigate my 10 and 11 year old, then uh, I, I, you and I need to sit next to each other at dinner at some point and, uh, and you can tell me more. For every type of business, the power of a data-driven security video management system designed to give you total control anywhere, anytime, 3xLogic. So big exciting news, you're going to be joining us at Retail Risk Cape Town on the 14th of September, uh, taking to the stage, which is, uh, which is fabulous. I'll be there and maybe that'll be the chance when, uh, when I'll get to learn more. What, what can people expect to hear from you? on the stage there. I know that you're talking and you're going to be running a, a, a round table, but with so much in your uh, arsenal of information, any thoughts on where where you're going to be focused? So, yes, uh, again, I, I like your question here is, is what we're going to focus on is, is, is easy implement, uh, easy steps to implement um, different tactics how to implement them in your everyday life, in, in retail, in, in, in management, they, how you can use them. So it's very easy. So we're gonna, I'm, I'm gonna talk about elicitation, how to use that tactics as well, and how to, to at the same time, maybe analyze behavior. But basically more about how to get information. If we see something that's not right, and how we cover, how do we um, fight the bias we have, and then elicit information to, to get actual information here and, and in order to proact, um, to act proactively. So that is what I'm going to talk about as well. And I can give you a little thing here as well, Paul, that when, when the person, we, we did some training for a, a, a very famous French luxury brand uh, and, and they, they have a lot of high-end clients as well and, and they get a lot of claims. And so what, what thing we told them was part of statement analysis as well, that they should be aware when people use the word actually, 
So when people use the word actually, it's very often that they compare one or two, one or more thoughts with each other. So either you're telling me the information that you're comparing with, or you withhold information, undisclosed information. So that could be if a, a customer comes up to, to the, the, the employee and say, okay, I, this, I have a claim. And, and they say, okay, so what happened? And the, the, the customer says, well, I, I, I don't know what happened. I actually never touched it. I actually never use it. So what is the reason they're using the word actually? People were, people's word will betray them. So a, a person will always base their sentence on, on all their knowledge. So the shortest sentence would often be the best way, the best answer. So if the person says, I never used it or I never touched it. That will make sense, but I actually never touched it. Touched it. Why? What are they compared to? If they said, um, if they say I actually never touched it because I already have a blender, that would make sense because I have a blender. You can tell me why you haven't touched it. But if you say I actually didn't touch it, that doesn't make sense to me. There's something here that I need to look into because there's undisclosed information. So that could be just a small sign. It doesn't necessarily mean that the person is being deceptive. It means there's something here that we might need to look deeper into. So that, that's just a small bit that I'm going to share with the people at the uh, the conference. So I think uh, bring uh, bring a very sharp uh, brand new pencil and uh, and plenty of paper to start scribbling away. Now I think I'm right in saying you're also going to be contributing uh, to the retail risk Melbourne agenda, aren't you? At the beginning of uh, uh, August also, and, and throwing into uh, into the fabulous. Uh, uh, Scott's uh, Scott Taylor's presentation as well uh, for that one too. So uh, uh, far flung corners of the world for us. So fabulous. Exactly. And I look forward to it. And thank you so much for having me as well, both places. And, and Scott and I are working close together to create something special for you guys that the, the Australian people, the people in Melbourne, they, they really can, can take and work on. And I know Scott's going to move it on to the to ride round table discussion and, and, and take it more deep and in, in more depth there. Awesome. So I've got to ask, I mean, you know, you, you get all of this knowledge to this point, which you can sort of share. But, you know, for you guys and you personally, what does the future look like? I mean, I guess you've always got to have an eye to the future. You know, what else is what excites you? What have you got your head into in terms of researching at the minute? What on earth's coming down the line for you? Well, um, again, a, a great question. Uh, what we are looking into now is we see a huge increase in uh, due the, especially in Europe, in, in due to the war in Ukraine and between Russia, we see a high increase in espionage in companies, uh, both from government institutions, which is government uh, intelligence services, but we also see it from different corporate competitors. So. What we focus on in here still with what I mentioned earlier that technology can only give you so much. But what most people fail to see is that even that increase in cybersecurity, all of that, there's a higher companies are investing high in IT security. But again, they fail to see that now people starting using what we call human sources to do the penetration of the companies, which means they the competitors or the espionage happens from people trying to get into the to the businesses or getting information by paying uh, paying money to someone else to get them information. But mostly, we see a high increase in people getting uh, using human sources to get the information rather than just doing it through the the web. 
and and if we're looking to the retail world we see also here an, an increase in in people becoming more aware increase their situational awareness and and the ability to be act, acting more proactively um when when do when they are interfering interacting with other people so that is our focus so even though what you're asking here saying that what is going on in the future with technology and 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 staffless shops still we we see an increase in the need of going back to basics to see human to human interaction because that is giving you the actual intel or the actual information from people of their intent that technology cannot give you so so we are rather busy with that and and, and work hard on on helping our clients with that yeah, and I guess, you know, certainly, as you say, within Europe, you know, companies haven't had to focus, you know, anything like the level of attention they currently are on those corporate and government hostilities, particularly if you're in, you know, if you've got information that, that people want to get hold of. So I guess there is no playbook or manual that tells you what to do, because it's just not been something anybody's had to be aware of for, for decades. No, and if you look at for a, a retail risk point of view as well, um, there's so many competition going on between retailers to get customers and, and the market in general. So a lot of people want to get information. So competitors, what is their, their, their strategy of, 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 of their brand strategy, their market strategy? So getting that kind of information, what is the new designs, everything was going on there as well. And, and, and to see the, for the retail point of view, production, uh, when, when you do production, how do we make sure that we get the right deal? Again, analyze people behavior, getting their information, elicit information to see if there's something, can we maybe have a better deal? Is there competitor somewhere? So all of that as well, for retail risk point of view, you still need to, to understand the the human interaction so like the human intelligence point of view to get the information because otherwise they can lose beneficials um uh what, what can i say they, they use benefit of of their knowledge they they lose information they can lose um when they advantages on technology to advantages in negotiation um whether it's a a partner on to to a supplier or it's to negotiate the rent to negotiate uh, salary or to hire the right people so they still need this information so that's why we for retail risk point of view you can see a big gap in this kind of information both for a security point of view but also in a finance economical point of view yeah and i guess that sort of leads me on to my last question you know retail has been through a really tough time over the last few years but i guess from what you're saying you know that's not going to get easier anytime soon you know are you, are you sort of saying you know, over the next few years, retail is going to be a, a focus area for you guys. You think there's going to be more demand, there's more threat coming to, to retail. Do you expect to be busier in the retail space? Do I need to be concerned if I'm in retail? I will say concerned is, is maybe the wrong word. I mean, I think everyone should be in general concerned when regarding business and, and business secrets. Um, but we, we've looked through like an overall with the, with the retail advances, I think that that will still see this increase that people suddenly invest too much money on the digital or technology in order to protect their shops or their IT system or anything like that. But they fail to see the human part of it, the human part of it. And, and if they fail to see that, 
then they that will hit the economy with with without them seeing it because they are so focused now to say alert danger 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 on the IT or cyber or everything online but suddenly they they move focus away from from people the people interaction and and they will lose a lot of money and suddenly if they don't start realizing that part as well because that's really important part so i think yeah the, the summary is on one level or other at the very least connect with you on on linkedin probably uh, follow what you're doing and, uh, and and maybe even time to to get in touch and check in um jasper has been absolutely fascinating i've no doubt that uh, we would easily be able to put together a nine hour uh, podcast you and I chatting because I've got another gazillion questions uh, that I want to ask you but for now uh, amazing thank you very much indeed I'm so pleased that you're going to be on uh, a couple of agendas for us in uh, Melbourne and Cape Town and I will look forward to seeing you in person in the near future as well but for now Jasper thank you very much indeed thank you so much for having me and look forward to see you there as well